The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From Richard Flint International. Deep inside you, there's a power. A power you can use to meet every challenge, every roadblock, conquer every obstacle life throws at you. A power to be happy, fulfilled, successful. A power to be everything you want to be. Now, meet the man who wrote the book on human behavior. The man who can teach you how to unleash your own power to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Flint. Hey, Richard Flint here, and welcome to The Power to Be. And I am so glad that you're able to join us today. And I have a question for you. Where you work, how important is the spirit of the environment? Would you say that in your work environment, there's harmony? Would you say there's confusion? Would you say there's a need for better communication? Have you ever found that the spirit of the environment can affect your attitude? Do you think it's possible that one person can steal the spirit of other people? (laughs) I have worked inside of so many companies where the spirit of the company has a negative flavor. And when I sat down and I talked to the leadership, which is not really leadership, Because anyone in that role who lets negative exist is not a leader, they're a participant. But when I sit down and talk to those that are called leadership, and I want to talk to them about it, here's what happens. They know it exists but they don't want to deal with it. And how do I know that? Because I've heard things like this. Yeah, it's there, but it's not as bad as they say it is. Normally it's worse. All right, here, you know what? I, I know it's there, but I'm handling it. How are they handling it? Most of the time by avoiding it. Or one of my favorites. Do you know how hard it is to find good people? Yeah, they may not be the top of the chain. But you know what? They show up. Or I hear things like, well, you know what? It's on my list of things to address. And and, and I know it's there. I know I've got to take care of it. And, And I will get to it. 
had a company that I worked with where there was one person, been there 12 years, really was not supportive of the company, was not one who wanted to be a partner. But they were there and they showed up every day, but their attitude drained everybody around them. So as I listen to what these people who call themselves the leader have to say, I know they're simply making excuses. As I talk to them about the, about the damaging effect negative people can have on the environment, it, it almost seems like it falls on deaf ears. They just don't seem to get how important it is to have an environment that's filled with quality. Because that quality inside affects the quality that your customers are going to feel when they walk in the door. I've worked with one of these companies where the owner refuses to address the cancer and is missed. And then you know what he does? He complains about the unhealthiness of his company. I found him sitting down one day and just said this to him. You know what? I can't help you until you're willing to step up and be the leader. You're not the leader. You're a participant in all the negative stuff that is filling your company environment. I wish more and more people who had the role of leader could understand the effect that one negative person can have on the environment. You know what? They can negate all the good that is happening. You know what? One negative person can emotionally pull others down. Let me tell you something. Negative person can give the company a bad reputation. And you know what? They always keep confusion running wild in the environment. I'll tell you something else. They tear the environment apart with their constant negative attitude. Hmm? So what do they do? They effectively destroy the company. What I want to do today is I want to walk you through three groups because I think you can divide any company into three groups. Now, we're going to concentrate on the work environment, but don't you dare limit this conversation to just there because these three groups make up every area of your life, and you've got to be aware of who they are. You've got to be aware of what presence they bring to your life. And you've got to be willing to face those who are there to take your life and tear your life apart. You ready? Here we go. Now, I want to start by putting some words in our minds. And these come out of my dictionaries. And in the past, I've told you about my dictionaries. There's a set of three of them. There's the Dictionary of Human Behavior, a Dictionary on Relationship, 
and a dictionary on leadership. All of them define 150 words that we use every single day of our life that I'm not sure we fully understand. So the word people, I mean, that is your life, right? So here's how I define people. The others who share time and space in your life. None of us are an island. None of us are alone. We all have people in our life. And those, peoples are, those people are the others who share time and space in our life. Healthy company. Here's my definition. A healthy company is an environment where people are together with a common purpose, a common agenda, and a united commitment to grow the company toward greatness. Because the opposite of a healthy company is an unhealthy company. Hmm? Particular. One of my favorite words in life. Here's my definition. Having a vision of the people you want to represent your company and not settling just to add another body to the workforce. I get asked a lot of times to do programs on retaining and recruiting quality people. And they want to put the emphasis on recruiting. That's wrong. The emphasis must first be on retaining. Who is it that you want to keep? Who is it that can help you through that common purpose, that common agenda, that common commitment? Who is it that can help you move the company forward? Worst time to hire anybody is when you need somebody. I mean, what is it? What are the ABCs always being? Always be con- recruiting and looking for somebody? Hmm? Particular. Having a vision of the people you want to represent your company and not settling. Just so you can add another body to the workforce. And then the word quality. A word that seems to be slowly disappearing. My definition of quality, the commitment to not settle for anything, but that which moves your company toward greatness. Don't want to be average. I don't want to settle for just being good. My friend Matt says, I want to be awesome. And that's a commitment, but that's a commitment to quality. The word growth, important word. What's growth? The forward movement. Now, get the second word. The forward movement that creates a today that is better than you were yesterday. See, if I'm the same today as I was yesterday, there is no growth. For growth is a forward movement that creates a day that is better than you were yesterday. 
Reputation. Big word. Because reputation is not what you think about you, it's what people think about you after they have experienced you. Then the word leader. The person who has accepted the responsibility to lead. Hmm. Because isn't leading a responsibility? Doesn't it have accountability with it? Isn't leading people about taking people forward, not letting the people stay the same? And then leadership. My definition, the process of moving a group of people in a direction that is in their best interest. Not just the interest, no, 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 not just the interest of the company. If you want people to go with you, there has to be a purpose for them going with you. If you want people to go with you, there has to be an agenda that everyone has agreed to. If you want people to go with you, there has to be a commitment. And that has to be tied around the fact that the decisions we make, that leadership makes, are for the growth of the company through an investment in the people. I believe that when people feel value, they'll go with you. If they feel used, they won't. And then reputation, hmm? the feeling the customer has after they have done business with you. It's not about while they're doing business with you, no, because it's when they've completed that their feelings come into play. So it's the feelings that the customer has after they've done business with your company. So here's my thought. If a company is willing to recruit just anyone, they will get people who make their business environment unhealthy. But if you are particular, love that word, and recruit quality people, you design a healthy environment that does what? Retains your quality people and creates consistent growth, which is attractive to the quality people you want to recruit. You see how important that word particular is? Because you can't settle for just anybody. You settle for just anybody, and you're going to get just anybody. And most anybodies are not quality people. So if a company is willing to recruit just anyone, they're going to get people who make their business environment unhealthy. And that's what I see today. Hey, we need to hire somebody. And so many times what happens? We say what we need to hire, but then we don't, we don't be, we're not patient. We don't stay and wait for those people. Why? Because most of the time, we're not looking at our company from the inside out. We're not paying attention to the people that we've either outgrown or they're this therefore a job, and my definition of a job is real simple. 
It's a person who shows up every day and prostitutes themselves for a paycheck. They're not there because they want to be there. They're not there as a part of the purpose, the agenda, and the commitment. They're there because they need a job and their environment, their attitude, their behavior defines that. Before long, we're going to talk about a show entitled When You Care, They Know. And it's going to destroy this whole myth about customer service. Because I'm going to tell you something. Customer service is simply a concept. And in most places, it's not an action. Hmm? So here's a fact. A company is exactly where it wants to be. And doing exactly what it wants to do. Hmm? Argue all you want with that statement, but if it wasn't true, you would be you would be better than what you are. Now, we're gonna pause here and we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna pick up this talking about the groups that make up the environment of a company. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Last month was about family, and it couldn't have been a better topic. Every day, there was something that I was able to take and work on with my family. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the Morning Minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the Morning Minute for us, it just kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. I love that it's a yearly thing because throughout the year, life gets in the way. It gets bumpy. You start getting down. And I look at this as the time of year where Richard comes out with a two-by-four called Truth and smacks me upside the head. And I'm like, oh, my God. Every year that I've come, I've been like, oh, he's talking to me. I know he is. He gets in your head. He gets in your heart. He gives so much of himself and it's life-changing so if you want to change your life come to star maker star maker 2015 come join richard flint july 17th through the 19th at the incredible pga national resort and spa in beautiful palm beach gardens florida but remember there's a limited number of registrations so do it now sign up at richardflint.com or call 1-800-368-8255 and ask for denise Hey, come join the family. Star Maker 2015. Before we went to break, and uh, I made this statement to you. A company is exactly where it wants to be. And it's doing exactly what it wants to do. And I'm going to promise you something, folks. You can argue all you want with me about that statement. But if it wasn't true, most companies would be better than where they are. 
Most people, because they're not leaders, they're participants. They don't challenge the behavior of people. They just accept things. And without leadership, there is confusion. Without leadership, there is rebellion. Without leadership, things don't get resolved. They just increase their emotional presence and tear at the company's inner harmony. And this is why what we're talking about today is so important. Because you got to understand that inside of a business, what it becomes will be the result of the quality of the services you render and the quality of the people you put in front of the customer. And I'm going to tell you something. The quality of the service is determined by the quality of the people that an organization puts in front. I also believe this. The quality of the people or the lack of quality is a reflection on the leader. And to whether their commitment is to deliver the highest level of quality service or are they there just trying to make money? So I'm going to suggest to you, there are three groups that make up the inner workings of a company. And and we're going to tear these apart one by one, and I promise you something. (laughs) You're going to find names for every one of these groups. So I'd like for you to do something. Uh, If you've got a piece of paper around you or something, uh, I want you to take a sheet of paper, get a pen, And across the top, write three groups. Group number one, sponges. Yep, that's the word, sponges. Group number two, spectators. And then group number three, camels. Because I think within every company, There are these three groups, sponges, spectators, and camels. Now, let's look at these groups one at a time. First one I want to walk, I want to look at and walk through are the sponges. (laughs) Now, who are these people? This is your new person who doesn't know enough to understand what the company is really about. But I'm going to tell you something. They are filled with energy, and they are glad to be a part of it. Aren't new people interesting? Because when you look at them, they have some very interesting characteristics. Number one, they're eager. Do do you like to be around eager people? I do. Why? Because eager people want to learn. Now, (laughs) an eager person can be a curse and a blessing. They can be a curse because they're always filled with questions, and they always got a question to ask, and they'll run up to you and ask the question, and before you can answer it, they will leave. Or they'll run up and ask you a question, you'll deal with it, you turn around, and they're right back there with the same question. Why? Because when they're in spongehood, they can't hear. Hmm? 
But how important is eagerness to the growth of that new person? Here's a thought. So many times managers, are you can call them leaders, are so busy being busy being busy participating in the confusion that they don't have time to be the real leader and reach out to help these little eager people grow. Hear me say this. Eager person comes with you with a question and you don't have time with, for them, or you blow them away, or what do you do? You tell them you'll get back to them. If they come three times and don't get leadership, they'll go find somebody else. And believe me when I tell you, someone in the company will train them. Someone will train them. They're all so excited. And their excitement is contagious, right? They're so excited they show up early for work. Their day starts at 9 o'clock. They're there at 821, wanting to know where is everybody. And their excitement fills the room because it's energy and it's positive energy. They're also a team player. They They want to be a part of everything. Even if they don't know what anything and everything is, they want to be a part of it. Huh? And and yet, they're not real sure what that means. Why? Because they have another characteristic. They're naive. They don't know the difference between fact and fiction. You know how naive they are? They believe that everyone in the organization loves them and wants them to succeed. They don't understand there's a group there that wants to wring the life out of them. Here's my philosophy of spongehood. Be careful who you let squeeze me, because the wrong person will squeeze the life out of me. They have one more characteristic. They have no history. You ever seen a company hire an experienced player because of their experience? That man, management gets so excited because they got this person and they got all this experience. And woo doggy, this is what we've been looking for. We've been waiting for this person. So the experienced player shows up and you try to show them how you do things here and what's their attitude. We didn't do it that way where I used to work. <laughs> Not the little sponge. They don't have a history. So you know what? It makes them trainable. And without that history, that's a big part of their eagerness and their excitement and their their team playerness. But because they don't under understand everything, they're naive. And I'm going to say it to you again because I'm going to prove it to you. If you don't invest quality time in these little sponges, the negative group will destroy them because someone in the company is going to train them. You got that? So what's the leadership challenge here? Sponges are more curious than they are committed. Boy, that's so important for you to understand. 
This means that they bring with them an uncertainty about what all of this is about. And they come because they're curious. And curiosity is what brings their questions. The curiosity is what drives them because their curiosity creates their world of what? Their world of possibilities. And so they live in that world of possibilities where they have this picture of what they want and what they, what they think is going to happen. But what happens if that picture doesn't happen? That curiosity turns to negativeness. That curiosity and the lack of fulfillment because no one taught them reality causes them to feel they've been lied to. And they'll leave. You see, in the average organization, sponges will make up 3 to 5% of the workforce. And on average, you'll lose about 93 to 95% of them. Not because they couldn't make it there, but because there was nothing there for them to grow with. And all of a sudden, that sponge is dry. Hmm? So our understanding. You have to. You have to wrap yourself around these little sponges. And make sure that the right people are doing the training. Because what happens when you lose a little sponge? You could be well losing an opportunity for the future. We have a second group. We call them spectators. Now, who are these people? These are the people who expect the company to do everything for them. But don't you ask them to do anything in return. Hmm? Uh, they come to work each day, but not to work, but to watch. Huh? See if you've seen them. They have, um, <laughs> they have characteristics. They're always late to work. Now, here's the interesting thing. They're not 10, 15, 20 minutes late. They're somewhere between three to six minutes late constantly. And, and, and do you think that anyone ever notices that they come in late? Hmm? You think the little sponges who we have taught that punctuality is important do you think they ever notice that these spectators come in late and no one ever says anything to them? Hmm? They come in late. Oh, do they go right to walk to work? No, got to do their walkabout. Then they got to get their coffee. And because spectators travel in herds, what happens? Everybody gathers at the coffee pot with them, the rest of the herd. Do they, they go to work? No, they got to get ready. By the time they go to work, it's somewhere between 27 to 35 minutes. Now, have they just stolen from the company? 
Most people will say, yes, they have. No, they're actually just doing what management has allowed them to do. Because anything you don't confront, you validate. What do these spectators look like? They always have something to complain about. And who do they complain to? They complain to the rest of the herd. Or who do they invite to their little complaining parties? They invite the little sponges. And they're always talking about things that are wrong. Oh, they're never paid enough. Hmm? They're worth much more in their mind than what they're paid. And they'll let you know it. And they'll spread that around. Why? Because they love to gossip. And do you understand that all gossip is is a character assassination? They have a negative spirit. Yep. They have that negative spirit. Everything about their behavior, their walk, their attitude, their words has a spirit and an overtone of being negative. If you look in any organization... And who's always starting the fires that they're bringing to management to put out? It's the spectators. Who's always got to be the one to be seen and to be heard? It's the spectator. And if you want to know the truth, they are the actual enemy of the company. Now, do you know any of these people in where you work? Hmm? Late, always complaining, never feel they're paid enough. They're always gossiping about something. Their spirit has a negative overtone to it, and and they're always going to be the center of attention. In some way, they're going to capture attention. And they're the enemy of the company. You see, folks, The challenge here is spectators can't be satisfied, so the company works to appease them, and by doing that, their presence within company is strengthened. Why? Because many times these are some of the most talented people you have. Huh? And we don't want to lose talented people, even if their behavior is not what we want. We can't afford to lose these people. So, here's the reality. In the average company, spectators make up 70 to 75% of your workforce. Now take a deep breath as I give you this next thought. And we're keeping 92 to 94% of them. How do we increase quality if we're being driven by the spectators? How do we grow if we're, be, if we're being led by the negative force? And management won't step up to them. Why? Because you've got a lot of managers that are spectators. That's hard to say. But we've got a lot of managers in that position who are spectators. And you've got a lot of people in the management leadership role who are just waiting to retire. So they don't want to cause any waves. But what happens if the negative people are controlling the environment? Will that weaken the company from the inside out? Now, we're going to pause and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the camels. We've talked about the sponges who are new people. 
We've talked about the spectators who are the enemy and who have the biggest presence inside the walls of the company. And now we need to turn our attention and talk about the camels. Hey, maybe while we're at break, you'd, you'd list who your sponges and who your spectators are. Huh? I bet you can see some of both. Stay there. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes and continue our discussion on our sponges, our spectators, and our camels. Think about it. You can't argue with it, can't dispute it, can't ignore it. You know it's absolute truth, and it applies to every person living on the planet. And to make it official, now there's a book about it. Behavior Never Lies. Written by the grassroots expert on human behavior himself. His name is Richard Flint. In this book, Richard gives you his insight into why this number one Flint philosophy is so important for all of us to understand. It's the book that won't let you off the hook. Because what Richard's saying is that if your words don't match your behavior... Sorry, you're out of the game. Behavior never lies. Listen, if you're brave enough, get the book and read it. Go to richardflint.com, or we really recommend you give Denise a call at 1-800-368-8255. Oh, and just for your information, if you really don't like to read that much, ask Denise about the audio excerpt version on Flash Drive. Behavior never lies. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Last month was about family, and it couldn't have been a better topic every day where there was something that I was able to take and work on with my family. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the Morning Minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the Morning Minute for us, it just kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Welcome back. So, as you looked at the characteristics of the little sponges, can you see any around your life? Oh, what about those spectators? Can you see any of those around your life? And can you see how dangerous they are? And that leaves us with one more group, the camels. <laughs> Now, who are the camels? They're the backbone of the company. These are the people that are committed to the industry and to the company. Why? Because this is their career of choice. These are the people who share that common purpose, that common agenda, that common commitment to keep the company growing and moving forward. Man, this is a special group of people. Now, I need for you to understand. We got two types of camels. We got one hump 
and we got two hump. And you got to know the difference. <laughs> you see, your one hump camel are your little sponges who have been living in Spongeville, and, and they're going to live in Spongeville somewhere between nine months to a year. But the whole time they're in Spongeville, they got one dream, one thing they want. They want to get out of Spongeville and make it to Camelot. But what happens to them on the way? They get attacked by the spectators. You give me ten little sponges, here's what's going to happen. Seven will become spectators. Three will make it to Camelot. And you'll keep one of them. You see, your two-hump camel is different. Because your two-hump camel is your mature person. It's that person you depend on. It's that person of strength. It's that person who every day comes because this is their career. This is what they've chosen to do with their life. They don't want the drama. They don't like the spectators. And how much do you know about the real-life animal, the camel? Do you know that when a camel is mad or upset or angry, it will walk to it, finds a human, and spit on them? See, the spectators don't like the camels. Because the spectators know that the camels know who they are, and they'll stay away from them. But they'll talk about them behind their back. They'll talk to them to the little sponges and put them down. They'll make fun of them. But you know what? They're afraid of the camel. So, who, do you, who are these camels? What do they look like? Well, I'm going to tell you that I think there's four very strong characteristics. They're committed to their business. This is not a job to them. They don't come here and prostitute themselves for a paycheck. They come because they're committed to this. This is what they have chosen to do with their life. They're persistent with their energy tell you something. You know, every day they bring a work ethic. Every day they come and they do what they're there to do. But not only being persistent with their energy, they're consistent with their behavior. They're not a roller coaster. They're there and they bring the best every day. And their behavior is about growth. Their behavior is about improvement. Their behavior is about them going forward and being able to help the company to grow. Now, how rare is it to find somebody who is consistently persistent because they're persistently consistent? Hmm. That's a rare breed, is it not? They're also a company partner. Now, notice I didn't use the word team. When we talked about the sponges, we talked about a team player. This camel is, is a partner. Now, you don't have to agree with what I'm about to say. You can be wrong, but just think it through. I don't believe in teams. I don't believe in teamwork or team spirit, the level at which many are way we teach it. Because most companies that preach teams, what do they do? 
They reward the weak and punish the strong. How many times do we ask the camels to do something because we know we can trust them and the the spectator could do it, but we know we're going to have to stand over them. So what do we do? We give the spectator a pass and we ask the camel who won't tell you no to do it. Isn't that being abusive to their commitment? But you see, they're also honest in their conversations. Remember I told you, angry, mad, or upset, they'll walk till they find a human and they'll spit on them. Hmm? Don't ask the camel a question if you don't want an honest answer. And by the way, Sometimes that's the reason that management leadership avoids them because they know if they ask a question, they're going to get an honest answer, and it may not be the answer they're wanting to hear. Huh? See, the challenge is this. To understand the importance of your camel to your company and not chase them off because of neglect. So many times the manager leader will start on their way to talk to a camel, and before they can get to the camel, they get attacked by the spectators. And the spectators always have a problem. They're always bringing a fire to fight. Those spectators, they want to make sure that the environment is filled with drama. Camels don't like drama. If you've ever, ever watched a camel, what do they do? They come in, they go to where they're supposed to be, and they work. They don't get involved in the gossip. They're not involved in the pettiness or the games because they're there to do the job that they're there to do. You have to understand the importance of your camels. And whatever you do, don't chase them off. Now, here's a sobering fact. Camels make up 5 to 10% of the workforce, and today we're losing 50% of them. And here's the tragedy. We don't have many new camels coming up to replace the ones that we've lost. And I want to drop you down into something, and I hope you understand the depth of what I'm about to tell you. I took 100 two-hump camels that left an organization, and I interviewed them. And my first question to them was, why did you leave? Listen to what they told me. They left because of the problems with the leadership style. They saw that the leaders were placating the spectators, sacrificing the little sponges. And they couldn't take that. The environment was negative. And they didn't enjoy going to work with a drama-packed environment where the spectators just run all over the place. Others made their job difficult because they made a mess and then leadership came to them and asked them to clean it up. There was no partnership. Everybody did their own thing. They saw leadership as weak because they wouldn't confront anything. And then exceptions that were made that compromised the quality. Do you know in their mind which was the most important? Exceptions that were made that compromised the quality. Why? Because this is the camel's reputation. This is their life. There was a second question. 
What could leadership have done that would have made you stay? Listen to what I heard. Partnership was solid. We were in this together. There was that common purpose, that common agenda, that common commitment. We were all in there together. Made him stay. Expectations weren't lowered. We kept raising the bar rather than lowering the bar because every time we lowered the bar, we gave the spectators more presence. They would have stayed if others who had joined were quality, were more camels, but they weren't. They were mostly spectators. They would have stayed if they saw the position in the market growing because of the emphasis on quality of product and people. They would have stayed if leadership had really led. They saw most of the people in a management leadership role as participants in confusion. Ethics were important. They talked about this a lot, that the lack of ethics... There was no accountability. Now, which one of those do you think was the most important to them? It was the ethics. Why? Because it was their reputation at stake. Now, what did they expect from leadership? Promises being delivered? Enlistment of other quality people. That the organization was designed for success. Problems were addressed and solved. Leaders who really had time and took the time to lead. And that when they came to work, they came to a healthy environment. Interesting, because none of that is too much to ask for, because that's what a healthy company should be doing. Now, when you look at your organization... Who do you think you have more of? Little sponges? Those new people who are eager, who are excited, but yet they don't know a lot because they're naive, but they want to grow and and, and they want someone to teach them? Hmm? Can you see some of these people within your organization? Or do you have more of the spectators? Those people who go to work each day, not to work, but to watch. And and what happens if you give a spectator a job they don't want to do? Who are they going to give it to? They're going to give it to the sponges. Yo, sponge over here. And, And what happens? What happens if the sponge does a great job? Who takes the credit? Spectator. What happens if the little sponge messes up? Who takes the blame? The sponge. These these spectators are evil. They're ugly. They're destructive to the spirit of the organization. Or do you have more camels? Have y'all lost any camels recently? You know what we learned? Takes three people to replace one two-hump camel. Because most of the time, we don't see what their two-hump camel does until they're no longer there. Now, here's the interesting question. If you were really, 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 really honest, which one of these three groups would you put yourself in? Are you a sponge? 
Are you a one hump or a two hump camel? Or if you were honest, would you see yourself as a spectator? And, and people say, Richard, I see myself in all three. Which one's predominant? Another question I get asked all the time, Richard, can a spectator ever become a camel? No. Not within the same organization. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to protect your sponges, have a camel adopt them. Those spectators won't dare go around that little sponge with the camel there because they know the camel will eat them alive. <laughs> now, does this information make sense to you? And do you understand the need to control the spectators? Not only at work, but in your life. Now, next Thursday, I want to continue this theme of creating a healthy environment. Because one of the most important aspects of a healthy environment is the ability to adapt as needed. So next Thursday, we're going to talk about change. Hey, most people want to improve as long as they don't have to change anything. So we're going to talk about embracing change. Now, if you'd like to have a, a copy of an article that I wrote on these sponges, spectators, and camels, entitled them, You Can't Feed Them If You Don't Know Them, Reach out to me, richard at richardflint.com. Or I tell you what, send it to solutions at richardflint.com. Solutions at richardflint.com. And just put backslash or just talk about, I'd like the information on the camels. Don't you forget to visit my website and learn about all the great things we're doing at Richard Flint International. Have you been to one of our free webinars yet? Every month I do a free webinar for you. And it's all on our website, richardflint.com. So next Thursday, I'm going to see you, same time, same place here on the Empowerment Channel of Voice America. And don't forget this. Those who fill your life have a big part in designing whom you will become. See you next Thursday. Any questions? Call our people at Richard Flint Productions, 1-800-368-8255, 1-800-368-8255, or visit us at www.richardflint.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.